Did you know the United States Army has something called a standard operating procedures? It's a manual and we refer it as SOP. It's how the Army operates. You have a SOP for everything and it tells you exactly how to operate that. Well, guess what? God has something called a Bible. It is what we should be living by on a daily basis. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to Life is Jesus Christ with Sean Paul. Make sure you subscribe to stay connected. We pray your life in Christ be supercharged with today's message. Hello, Sean Paul here with Life is Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining me. Today we're going to be continuing on developing intimacy with God. And uh, we're going to be continue talking about God's Word, reading God's Word. And last time, I left off on that God has an SOP, Standard Operating Procedures, which is the written Word of God. And I was going to share something with you because this is what we should be doing. We should be referring to the Word of God on a consistent, constant basis on how to handle certain situations in our life. And as I said last time, sometimes we can get into situations where it might be a little gray area, so to speak, or the Bible may not actually discuss it. But I can promise you this, as you dig in God's Word and you uh, rightly divide the Word of Truth, you can still be directed by the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, and how to handle certain situations in your life. So let me give you a situation in my life. You know, there was a, a and I've told this story before, maybe you've already heard it, but it's a great story because it's, it, I needed God's word to show me what to do in this particular situation that I was going through. Uh, there, We went to a church uh, and there was uh, us and another couple that just had a baby and um, our church had a food bank and basically we would hand out food to those people in need. And we we didn't partake in the food bank. We were fine financially. We didn't need help. Uh, and a part of the food bank was formula. There was cases and cases and cases of formula in the food bank. And this one particular family needed help and they needed to partake of the, the formula within the food bank. So what they did is they would go to the food bank consistently and get more formula for their baby. And at one time, there was no more formula. It was gone. So what they did is they immediately jumped to conclusions on, hey, uh, you know, the Pauls must have taken it. And so they were, instead of like asking the director of the food bank or unless, instead of just calling us and asking us, they started kind of spreading lies around about us and gossiping about us and said that we're the ones that took all the uh, formula and it's in our house. Well, anyway, we did not take the formula uh, to our house. We never partaked of the formula from what I understand or my memory. We never even partook of it. So uh, I found out what was going on, and I was really troubled about the situation. I'll never forget that what I did is I went to God's Word and said, God, how am I to respond to this? Because it would be easy to respond in such a way that would be, you know, hey, how dare you? Maybe even start calling them names or start gossiping, you know, ignore them at church, whatever it may be. But what I did is, I, like I said, I went into God's Word, God's standard operating procedures, His Bible, the Word, Jesus, the bread of life. Amen? So, one scripture I went to was Romans 12, 20. It says, Therefore, if, if thine enemy hunger, feed them. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. So don't respond uh, with with gossip or whatever it may be to heap fiery coals on top of their head. No, respond with kindness. 
So what my wife and I did is we went to Walmart. I, you know, I'll never forget doing this. It was in, in the evening time. We went to Walmart. Uh, we bought several cans of formula. I don't even remember how many cans of formula that we bought, but it was several bags full. Heap coals on her head. That's kind of what I was thinking about when I was going going to the store. Hey, we're just going to heat coals on their head. So anyway, uh, we pulled up to the, to the apartment and uh, I'll never forget, she came to the door and I just simply said, hey, I heard that you guys are in need of some formula. Here, we just wanted to be a blessing to you. And we just handed them uh, all that formula and she just broke down bawling and crying. So what I'm just trying to say is this, is let's use God's word to dictate what we should be doing in our lives. You know, and I promise you, as you do that, the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you in the way that you should live your life. He'll show you the truth in the word, and he'll show you on how to operate in your life. And you're going to see so much more success in your life. You know, and, and you know, we're living in such a world today that sometimes people don't even know what the truth is. They think they're living by the truth. And unfortunately, many times over, they think their opinion is the truth. So, you know, uh, you know, I wrote here, as a, as a world, we have so much information available to us at any given moment. You know, I'm, I'll admit, I'm famous for pulling this up and saying, you know, uh, okay, and then, you know, G-O-O-G-L-E. I don't want my phone to, you know, do it. So what I'm saying is I'm so famous in calling up and asking Google to do something for me and to research it for me. So I like information. I love information. But the unfortunate part is, is a lot of times, many times over, the truth is not there. Why? Because everybody has their own opinion, so to speak. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe some of you that are listening right now, maybe you're not aware of this right now. Uh, as I share with other people, still people are not aware of it. But they they have something called AI, chat GPT. You can go to it. You can type anything into it, and it's going to give you an answer. But what does it say there? Invariably, uh, at all times, it says this information not may not be accurate. Why? Because this AI system, so to speak, is drawing all this information from the Internet to come to a conclusion of truth. It still isn't the truth. So we are lacking truth like never before. I mean, it's like two people... A political opposing team, so to speak, can't even come to a conclusion because you can't tell them, hey, look, well, what about this? Well, then they'll go, well, what about this? And then they'll go, what about that? That's why I don't even get involved in politics. I can't stand politics. You know, there's so much gray area today and we are in so much need of truth today like never before. Because, and we have more information readily available to us like never before. But guess what? God's word is still the truth. And, you know, again, there could be someone listening right now that doesn't even know God, hates God, won't serve God, don't believe in God. And they say, you're a liar. You don't even know that you're, uh, you know, believing in nonsense, you know, as far as the word of God. But I'm sorry. Been doing it for 33 years. It's never, never, never. And I say never again. It's never failed me. God's word has never failed me in my entire life as far as in serving him. I started serving him at 22 years old. I had a brief stint as a teenager, but I'm just saying the bulk of my life, I gave my life to Christ at 22 years old. He's never failed me. His word has never failed me. I'm in.
And then also today, we have so much truth available, but also God's word will bring correction to our life. But guess what? More and more people seem to not want to be corrected anymore. They don't want to know the truth anymore. And, you know, um, I remember as a kid, my dad, you know, uh, he would say to me all the time, learn from somebody else's mistake, Sean. And I remember saying to him one time, but I want to learn my, from my own mistakes. You know, and, and you know, it's funny now, but how ignorant was that statement then? Why would I want to learn from somebody else's mistake when I, or, or from my own mistake, when I could learn from somebody else's mistake and save me the cost of financial cost, probably, and pain of it, disappointing somebody, hurting somebody, hurting my own life in a, in a sense, not always in a danger sense, but I'm just saying we need to learn to, to take correction and listen to correction and listen to truth. And we should be running to God's word for that correction. Or we should be uh, running to somebody that has authority of understanding of God's word to help us see the truth. You know, I have Bible software that I use on a consistent, constant basis called Logos Bible software. I love this Bible software. Why? Because I have so much reference material readily available at my hands at any given moment to read and find the truth. Because there are scholars, there are people that have received, researched the word so much so that they, in, in many cases, not saying all cases, they are be able to share the truth and also have many reference material that can be compared amongst each other along with the word of God. You know, some people might say, well, why don't you just read God's word? Well, you know what? Sometimes that truth can be gleaned more so, can be mined more so by having other people help see the truth in God's word. You know, God at the fivefold ministry in Ephesians 4.11 one of the one of the uh, uh, gifts, so to speak, the ministerial gift is teachers. Well, God gave teachers to the church to teach the truth. So reading a book from somebody is a teacher teaching the truth. Amen. Or should be teaching the truth. Not saying all that write books are uh, teachers that's teaching the truth, but I'm just saying that it's so powerful to take God's word, read it, apply it to your life, and see that correction that you that you take in your own life that it now uh, uh, gleans uh, uh, prosperity or profits you well in your life because you are allowing God's word to correct you. I mean, you know, you might even ask, what does this have to do with intimacy that you're talking about, Sean? Well, let me just show you this. What kind of marriage would you have if it's all based on a lie, you know, in the unfortunate part, again, we kind of go back to Google and how people can Google or you're, you're asking AI chat GPT or, or Google Bard. There's several AI programs out there now that you could ask some questions, but again, the unfortunate part is driving all its information from everything that's been put onto the internet. And again, it says in warning that this information not may not be accurate. So again, it's like living a life in Christ that you are not mining or digging into the Word of God. You're more or less setting yourself up for failure and living lies, so to speak. And and how many people know that that there are a lot of denominations and there's a lot of progressive churches today that are embracing progressive thought, so to speak, uh, progressive theology that they're cooking up themselves. 
and it's not even God's word. You know, and, and there's so many like they're 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 giving affirmation to lifestyles that is 100% in God's word that is sin. It is wrong, but they're saying it's right. Why? Because they're developing their own form of truth that they believe to be true for their lives. And the unfortunate part is all they're doing is they're falling into the ditch ditch on the left side, and they're they're blinded. And, and they're blinded guides to others that want to be blinded, and they don't want to know the truth. They don't want to be corrected. I mean, so let's go ahead and, like I said, you know, look at marriage. What kind of marriage would you have if it was based on a lie? Well, I don't know about you, but I love living a life in marriage, especially with my wife of 37 years. Why? Because I know we both value truth. We both value and respect each other to share the truth with each other. So why would we not want the same type of relationship with God and have that intimacy with him? Because we know what his word is saying. We know what uh, the, the truth of his word and to to uh, have it apply to our lives. So both spouses you know, refuse correction or make needed adjustments. What kind of marriage is that going to be? You know, in 1990, probably 1991, uh, we started going to a church in Iowa, gave my life to Christ in 1990 of October of 1990 or August of 1990, left the military in October, moved back to Iowa, briefly to went to one church, went to another church. And I think it was February of 1991, Church of Compassion, and at that time, they were having a marriage class. We took that marriage class. And I'm going to tell you something. I had to make a lot of corrections in my marriage. I had to make a lot of corrections in myself. Let's not say marriage. I had to make a lot of corrections in myself. Why? Because I was a mess and I needed the truth. I needed the truth of God's word to help me become a better man of God, a very better marriage partner. And I can tell you this, that marriage class helped us skyrocket in our marriage. And today I can tell you, we are still probably reaping fruits because of that marriage class, because of the radical transformation that took place. And I can tell you after 37 years, I'm still making adjustments. I'm still being corrected, so to speak, in the spirit by the Holy Spirit. You know, I shared last time, not last time, but a couple messages ago, where I was kind of in a tense situation with teams coming, and it, uh, we had a team, and it was just kind of tense, and I was kind of, you know, snipping at my wife about things, and I was doing it publicly, and my friend had to take me off the side and say, man, this ain't right. This ain't right. You should not be snipping at your wife like that. And, and you know, what, what did I do? Did I retaliate to him? Did I say... Don't you dare talk to me like that. This is my wife. This is none of your business. You should be staying out of my marriage. I could have done that, but no, what he was saying was right. And what he was saying was truth from God's word. I took that correction and I made the needed adjustments. I told him, I don't like doing this. I don't like responding to my wife like this. So see, we should be wanting to be corrected in our lives, in our spiritual walk. Amen. So let's go ahead and look at Second uh, Timothy 2.15, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen? So we need to approach God's word with an open heart and an open mind. Don't have your own preconceived ideas. 
be ready to receive the insights and teachings that God wants to reveal to you. You know, if we go to God's word and we just have these preconceived thoughts already to say, look, you know, I already know what it says about this. So I'm just going to go ahead and just have this preconceived idea and, and I'm just not even going to allow myself to be teachable. No, we need to go to God's word and we need to rightly divide the truth. So, you know, this morning I was watching um, uh, a reel. I guess that's what they're called on Facebook, a reel. And this guy was kind of like mocking this preacher. And I'm not saying that's right because that's 100% not right. I would never want to sit there and mock, uh, openly mock a preacher, a pastor, online in public view uh but again he, i watched the video and what it was he was saying something about uh a scripture that uh uh ye are little gods and uh the pastor was kind of referring to that we are gods and so you know i'm aware of this scripture this guy was mocking him for saying it and i thought you know i re- i've heard it taught that we are little gods uh, but I really don't know the whole entire truth about it. What did I do? I went to God's word to read it. So there's a reference in John, and then there's a reference in Psalms. And Jesus was basically saying, hey, you you, you allowed these people to be referred as little gods. You respect them for that. But here I come and say, I'm the son of man or the son of God. And now you're calling me the devil. You know, I'm, this is all paraphrased, but what I'm just saying is, is I wanted to chew on that. I didn't want to have a preconceived idea. I didn't want to say, well, you know what? I'm in this line of, of ministry or this ministerial camp, so to speak, not a denomination. We're non-denominational, but we have this kind of this camp of belief. So, uh, you know, I've heard it taught in my camp that, you know, we are little gods, you know, again, little G, not big G. You know, they're saying that we are created in the image of God, so we must be little gods. Not saying I believe that. I'm not teaching on that. So don't say, oh, Sean's teaching on that we're little gods. Not saying that. What I'm saying is, is I've heard that taught. And I didn't want to have a preconceived idea to say, well, I know this one pastor that taught it, so it must be true. No, I went to the Word of God. I rightly divided it. And what I found was it's being taken out of context. And no, we're not little gods. Jesus wasn't saying that. What Jesus was saying is, like I said, you treat these former ministers of the gospel, these these ministers of the Old Testament, as though they were little gods. But here I come as the son of God, and now I'm of the devil. So that's what was being taught. So see, that's how important it is to want to rightly divide the word of truth. Amen? So see... We need sound judgment today. We need to have sound judgment. And how we have sound judgment is by rightly dividing the word of truth. And it's just like we see so many scriptures where people are wanting to like take this scripture to prove their opinion instead of taking this scripture and then taking this scripture and this scripture and then reading all the scriptures around that scripture and then saying, you know what? I've really kind of always understood it this way, but really these scriptures are actually saying it this. So I guess they're right and I'm wrong. 
There's nothing wrong with that. So see, we need to have sound judgment in researching the Word of God, rightly dividing the Word of truth. Amen? So see, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I just believe that God's people are so anemic on God's Word. You know, it's just, again, I, I, I talked about it before, where it's just like we're operating off bullet points. <clears throat> and what I mean by that is this, or talking points. That's probably another way, a better way to say it. You know, we're going to get into the political storm here in about a, a half a year to a year. We're just going to get in this political storm. I don't get involved in the political storm. I've talked about it before. I, I hate politics. I hate getting in the middle of politics. That's some people's race to run. It's not my race to run. I don't even want to be involved in it because to me, it's just one side saying this, one side saying that, yelling, screaming. Nobody's going to agree with anybody. It never goes anywhere. But invariably, everybody's got their talking points. Everybody's got their bullet points, so to speak. And all they're doing is regurgitating what someone else said. And half the time or many times over, it's not even truth. It is based upon fallacies and lies and half-truths. And guess what? Sadly, so many people are doing the same thing with the Word of God. They've heard so many people say the same thing. They're regurgitating the same thing. They never go to the Word of God and find out for themselves. But guess what? You know, you, you know. to me, it's just, I see this as just, just you know, God's Word is so superficial in so many people's lives. Now, again, I've said before and I'll say again, I'm not perfect. I don't know all scripture. You know, I don't have all scripture memorized. You know, I talked about the pour their hot coals on their head. I had to look that up. I had to reread that for myself to memorize or or to bring memorance of what I've read in the past. So again, I'm not saying that I know all, but I'm just saying that so many times people are so superficial or shallow in God's word that all they do is try to live by bullet points and by uh, a shallow understanding of God's word, but they try to voice themselves as authority in the sense that they have full knowledge in that. Amen. And it's just dangerous to to be doing so. It inhibits your relationship with God. It hinders yourself from being victorious in your life and seeing God's word move you in your life in an area of victory. Amen. So the word of God says we are to what? Study to show thyself approved. Acts 17, 11 says, And the people of Berea were more open-minded than those of Thessalonica. And they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. Wow, 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 wow. If we could only do this as a body of Christ today, as the Bereans were doing I would say the church would be in a much stronger position today than ever before. But I believe that so many times over, we are losing the battle in, in the sense of this world that we live in because we don't know God's truth. We're not applying God's truth to our lives. Amen. So it says be open-minded. We should be open-minded to receive the truth of God's word. We shouldn't be so staunch in our ways that we're like, nope, nope. Nope, my grandpappy told me this, or I heard this, or I heard that, or this is my opinion. No, it doesn't matter. 
What we should do is eagerly want to know what God's word says about any particular situation. You know, um, you know, I just remember me as a, a, a young believer in Christ. I remember being in church and just being on the edge of my seat and intently listening to what's being preached and taught. Now, again, I'm going to be very careful in how I say this. I'm not going to say that I'm proud of myself, but I can say that I've caught myself many times over today saying, you know, I've been serving the Lord for 33 years. I know exactly what he's going to say. And then guess what? I tune out in what he's saying. That's wrong. That is absolutely wrong that I do that. And I have to correct myself many times over because I just, my mind's singing and I'm thinking a million thoughts when I should be having my mind on what's being said. And then what should I be doing? Going home and reading God's word to confirming what is being said. I mean, you know, so uh, we, you know, when, when I minister and in, in like when I minister in the mountains or, or you know, because I, I live in Guatemala, I lived in Honduras and many areas where I minister at is in mountainous rural areas. So, you know, I would go to these uh, mountain churches and I would minister God's word to these people that live in the mountains. And see, I can tell when someone's listening and when's not. And, you know, obviously it's common sense. They're looking out the window. They're not listening. They're looking down at the ground and kind of looking around or playing with their kid or, or whatever they may be doing. They're not listening. But I can invariably tell who's listening, who's responding to the message. They may be on the edge of their seat. They may be saying amen. They may be clapping periodically. You know, they may be uh, pointing their finger up and saying amen, hallelujah, whatever it may be. Or they're, they're looking at me directly in my eyes. They're looking at me as I'm ministering. See, I can tell when people are listening. Then I can tell when people are not. And, you know, the unfortunate part is, is the sad thing is, is, is there are people that establish in their hearts that they don't need to listen. And they say in their hearts, I already know what's being taught. And I'm saying about myself because I've already told on myself, but I believe in my mind, I try to catch myself and put a stop to it and say, no, you're going to listen. And some ways that I do that is by forcing myself to take notes. I'll sit there, take notes. So as I'm taking notes, I am forcing myself to listen and I'm putting a stop to myself from habitually like looking at my phone or where it may be. But there are people that I know and I'm aware of and I've had to deal with some people is that they basically said, look, I don't need you teaching me. I have the Holy Spirit teaching me. I'm sorry. That's wrong. That's absolutely 100% wrong. Ephesians 4.11 clearly says that God gave gifts to the church. That's apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So he gave the fivefold ministerial call in the word of God. And those people are to teach and preach in the church. They are to share the truth of God's word. We are to listen to them. I am a teacher. I'm sharing God's word. Now, if you choose to listen to me, that's fine. That's your business. But I'm just saying that we should have a house of God that we're going to. We should have various types of various teachers and ministers of the gospel minister to us. I'm not saying go out and get a dozen of them. I'm just saying we should have a pastor in our life. There should be teachers in your church that are teaching God's word. I'm in. So let's go ahead and move on. 
So we should see, we should see eagerness in our hearts. We should see eagerness in our hearts to read God's word, to apply God's word in our lives, to utilize God's words, God's word in our lives. Well, I just looked at the time. I noticed the time. We need to move on. Uh, we'll pick up next time this message, and just make sure you stay tuned. And we're going to continue talking about re uh, reading God's word and developing uh, intimacy in our lives. So let's go ahead and pray. Father, I just praise you. Thank you for these that are listening. I praise you. Thank you that you bless them as they hear the word. Help them have a hunger and thirst to read your word. And then finally, let's just go ahead and pray that for those that are listening that want to give their lives to Jesus Christ. Simply follow after me. Just say, Jesus, I want to invite you into my heart. I want to make you the Lord of my life. Thank you that you went to the cross to shed your blood. For, the, for my salvation and for the forgiveness of my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins, and I invite you into my heart, into my life. Help me live this life. Help me find a church to go to, to be discipled and to serve in. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, God bless you all. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen and be blessed. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Sean Paul here, and I just want to thank you so much for tuning in. My heart is that you find the life Jesus Christ has for you, that you truly become fulfilled in Him. And make sure you subscribe and stay tuned because we have a lot more coming. God bless you.